Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back into Sports Time as we start our 5 o'clock hour. And joining us now to talk college basketball, he'll be with us through the end of the college basketball season, you follow him on Twitter at CBB underscore Central. Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated joins us now. And today uh, it was published over on Sports Illustrated. Kevin Sweeney went through and ranked not only the top 25, not top 50, 1 through 362 in college basketball. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us again this year. How tough is it to rank all 362 teams in the country? And what fan base were have you been the most surprised is angry with their ranking? Um, I appreciate you guys. Uh, it, it's a long process. I, I started in late August, so about wow. two months, a little more of work. Obviously not every day, but um, it, 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 it kind of has to be that way. Otherwise, you will, you will drive yourself insane. Uh, feedback's been, been relatively positive, um, I would say. I've gotten a, a, lot of, a lot of very like small fan base backlash. <laughs> like The North Texas fans are just furious with my it. ranking. Um, things like that. But it, overall, it's been, I think, probably the most positive that fans have been, which I, I don't know if I should take that as a good thing or a bad thing. What was the hardest local team to rank? What was your scratch outs locally? Uh, man, I mean, I, I think, I mean, Memphis is, is incredibly difficult to deal with because they've had so much roster uncertainty, yeah. right? I mean, still do, right? Which is kind of the, the perfect, they, they, they've taken it to a new level this year with, with the DeAndre situation. But, I mean, usually by waiting until, you know, the 1st of November or, or at least around Halloween to publish these rankings, I usually feel like, all right, at least everything's set in stone. Uh, and, and everything is very much not set in stone. Well, you have Memphis at number 29 in your rankings, and you mentioned kind of the roster overhaul, the uncertainty with this team. We've seen Coach Hardaway do that in the past, but this year, uh, only two returning players, depending on DeAndre, that would make it three, uh, but only two right now returning players from last year's team. What do you make of this team? What do you make of the additions uh, Coach Hardaway has made this offseason? I think... They did a good job getting old. You know, it's something yeah. we talked about with you guys last <laughs> year. You know, I, I felt like one of the reasons that they were a little bit more stable, a little bit more consistent a season ago was the fact that plenty of guys who'd been coached, who'd been through a lot of wars in college basketball, he wasn't having to teach guys how to be college athletes. And uh, I think that really helped them. So to go out and get, you know, guys who were grad, you know, who, who are, I mean, the, between Jordan Brown, Javon Quarterly, and Jaquan Walton, like the, the, Collective experience in college basketball is, is amazing, and Caleb Mills as well could be thrown into that conversation. So they're very, very old. Um, I think that helps them tremendously. I do think it will be a challenge uh, meshing all the parts together. Um, yeah, that is for everyone, but I think in particular for Memphis because guys have come and gone at, at such kind of strange times. But, you know, I, I certainly think the, the experience factor plays positively for, for this group, especially early. Another local team, uh, Ole Miss, you have at uh, 43, uh, obviously coaching change with Chris Beard. First year for him at Ole Miss. Uh, what will this turnaround look like in his first year, taking over a team that was, what, 3-15 and in conference last year? Yeah, I, I, 
it, we, we asked who's the, the hardest team to rank, and I said Memphis, and almost just right there yeah. because of the mm-hmm. two waivers that are still yeah, play early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, with Brandon Murray and, and, and then with, with Musa Cisse, will those guys be, be available? Um, but I think that even if they're not, I think this team has a good chance to be in that tournament picture because, you know, I'm just so bullish on, on Beard getting some buy-in and from these guys, and I think that the experienced wings with guys like Matthew Morell, who's obviously so talented, um, you know, Flanagan, who played well, I know, uh, in their exhibition, that th- those guys, I think, can carry the load. And, you know, big question for me, how does the point guard battle shake out? Who wins that job? And, and can they just manage the game effectively? If they can just set up the offense and let these wings create, I think Ole Miss is going to be pretty solid in Beard's first year. Kevin, what's the eligibility backlog look like at the NCA? How many are sitting there waiting for a, a decision? Because Ole Miss, they have a couple. Memphis here with DeAndre Williams. Around the country, there are some. And we went through a period where it felt like it was a blanket no to everybody. Okay, well, if it's that, then adjust, then we kind of know our fate. Then they softened a little bit with the North Carolina football player and, so, and some basketball players. Now it feels like it's back into blanket. No. Yeah, I, I it is. I think unprecedented the amount of stuff that still has to be gotten through. Um, portal guys, you know, the DeAndre Williams situation is obviously very unique. Um, there are several key international players, two at UCLA and one at Kentucky, who are still floating out there and have not made it through the clearinghouse. Um, there's even a, a couple of of um, domestic freshmen who are still waiting on order. I mean, it is it, it is very disorganized right now and it will not be resolved by the start of the season because even if you know somehow we get rulings here in the next five to seven days the appeals process is going to take a while and we saw that with with the tez walker situation in north carolina we'll see it without a doubt in in college basketball so it will be interesting to see how many appeals win because because as you said i mean most of the big name transfers in college basketball have been denied um there has been some leniency on appeal in, in other sports i think there's hope that you know you keep tailoring your case in different ways. Eventually, the NCAA will see it in, in your favor. But uh, it has not been kind so far to guys looking for for, for for waivers. At what point does Memphis or or Ole Miss with with Musa Cisse get to the point of we can't we can't define this any different. We can't boil it down and make a different case. This is the case. I mean, it, it is. So I think the thing that's interesting is maybe this tails off of your question a little bit, but you know, in talking to people who have been around uh, other waivers, the NCAA is almost acting as both the lawyer on one side of the argument and the judge. So they're hmm. reading what, what a, a case is made, they're developing their own case to why he shouldn't be eligible, and then they're ruling. And, well, that's not really fair, in my opinion, but yeah. that's not likely to produce many yeses, right? When, when, when one side is making the decision on the thing that they argue, right? So I think what will be, what has been interesting is some of that data has been circumstantial, right? There's an instance at, at Cal uh, with Jalen Tyson, who's a Texas Tech transfer, who basically the NCAA has come to them and said he's not eligible because of when he entered the portal, despite the fact that there was the, the, the racially insensitive comments made by Mark Adams. Well, that's circumstantial, and Cal is now presenting new evidence to them that says, here's why he was waiting to go into the portal. Mm-hmm. And they'll r- rule on that. So I think that's the thing. Is the NCAA is going to keep coming with new questions, and schools are going to keep trying to pepper them back at them for as long as they can until the NCAA says, you're done, you're done appealing. 
There are so many things that I, I love about Coach Penny Hardaway, and one is his candor. You ask him a question, you're going to get a straight answer. It it might get a it might get a little rough and tumble like a few years ago when he I think he got an unfair question and he's going to give you an answer and he gave one on Sunday to the commercial appeal beat writer Jason Munns who will start his regular visit with us at five starting this Friday all the way through the basketball season he visits regularly on Monday with Dave Woloshin on Wolo and friends but he told Jason Munns that this this thirteen game non conference schedule for the Tigers it's everything and, and it is he he was honest wasn't he Kevin yeah it, they have a huge challenge ahead of them but also a huge opportunity they have to take advantage early given the weakness of the AAC on paper and you know everyone is counting on at least FAU being a big time win but there's a world where FAU doesn't wind up that way right like you think back yeah. to Loyola, Chicago in 2018 after they make the Final Four, the next season, they were just okay. That was not a win that meant anything if you beat Loyola, Chicago. And, mm-hmm. you know, FAU certainly has the pieces to be very good again, but some of the secret scrimmage results are a little concerning. And, and if this team falls off and isn't a tournament team, there's a world where this is a one-bid league. And so for Memphis to avoid a season being three days in March, they have to do work in the non talking to Kevin Sweeney from Sports Illustrated. You can follow him on Twitter at CBB underscore Central. Kevin, a lot of talk the past couple of days about Kenny Payne and this Louisville basketball team after they lost uh, again to a D2 school in an exhibition game, this time uh, Kentucky Wesleyan. What have you made of Kenny Payne? I was kind of in the group after the season of, well, let's give him an entire offseason, see what he can bring in in the portal. But now after this, some of the things he said, I know uh, he was talking to reporters earlier a couple weeks ago and said that he intentionally wanted to build young because he's trying to build a foundation for this program. After that game against Kentucky Wesleyan, he said that his team isn't good enough to beat teams with talent. Uh, what have you made of Kenny Payne's tenure so far at Louisville, and how do you expect this season to go for the Cardinals? Look, I, I try to be fair with coaches because I'm not in the office every day, and I right. don't hear and see everything that happens. But Everything that Kenny Payne shows us is incompetent. I mean, the the fact of the matter is they have now lost two not great Division II programs, no. two middling Division II programs in two years. Um, that's as many losses as he has ACC wins. <laughs> um, they don't do anything particularly well, right? I mean, the one thing that you look at this team, you say, and you said it last year, but I think it's even more so the case this year, they are very big and they are very athletic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do you get rebound, out-rebounded handily by Kentucky Westwood? How does that happen, right? There are a lot of things I can forgive throughout a rebuild, right? I can forgive if, you know, he's still learning how to be a, a head coach and, and or learning how to manage an offense or needs to get more offensive talent, right? Sure. But defense and playing hard and rebounding, those should not be questions. And then to go out in the press conference after the game and not know which players actually played in the game, mm. say that you can't win with talent against Kentucky Westland, he's showing us everything, and it's not good. And, and there, there are some jobs where it's just impossible to win. I mean, no, nobody can do it at Duquesne. Uh, no, no, you know, no, nobody can win at Houston Baptist. I mean, you can go through those, but at the end of this year, Kevin, you could be doing a big feature on Kenny Payne joining Clyde Drexler as worst coaching job ever at a place you can win. Mm. It's, I mean, I, I, I have a really hard time justifying anyone else as the worst. Pure basketball hire 
um, in, in recent college basketball memory. I mean, you look, you, you can criticize, obviously, different situations that go well beyond the basketball floor. The New Mexico State situation with the hazing last year mm-hmm. certainly would be one of them. But if we're just evaluating pure results, like, this is it. I mean, Louisville... Louisville is an easy program to win at. Maybe not win at the standard that people at Louisville expect, but I mean, this is this is the one circumstance. And and every every time a coach gets criticized, he always says, "Why don't you come down and do my job?" Well, there's only one time I've ever felt like the guy coming down from the stands <laughs> to do his job could actually match what the current result is, and it's this right now at Louisville. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Keep, keep Clyde Drexler in mind at Houston when you do that story because <laughs> exactly. boy, it, it was it was one more uh, dread dreadful job. So, how many do you think Louisville can win this year? Ten, eleven? I think they should be better in the non conference than they were last year. They should be able to navigate and win at least over half of the bye games that they play, which they couldn't do last year. And based on Kentucky Wesleyan, it's certainly not a bet to do this year. But I think they should be a lot better in the low and mid-major games because they're more talented than they were last year. And if they aren't, um, if they aren't better in these games, that would be, to me, a very direct reflection on, on coaching. So I, I think they will get through that period okay. I mean, obviously, I don't think they're beating anyone good. Uh, and then get into ACC play and, and see what happens. I see them as a bottom two team. I think I think the ultimate kind of coaching versus talent test will be Louisville versus Notre Dame for last place in the ACC because we think very highly of Micah Shrewsbury as the coach of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. They have a gutted roster. Louisville has a, a roster that I don't know if it should be a tournament team, but it should be in the postseason. And if they're worse than Notre Dame, it would be the ultimate uh, coaching Trump's all answer for college basketball. You could even you could even slice that that Kenny Payne job at Louisville down the worst all time performance turned in at U of L or at Big Blue. This makes Billy Gillespie look like Adolph Rupp. I mean, yep, Billy Gillespie won some basketball games. Kenny Payne hasn't proven he can do that. Yeah, and I mean, he just he just couldn't control factors off the court. Kevin Sweeney, our guest, every Wednesday at five. Now through the final four. Speaking of the final four, here's mine. I know the 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 brackets are going to get to me on this. A, a couple of these, heck, maybe three out of the four will all end up in the same bracket. Here's my final four: Arkansas to win it all, Kansas, Creighton, and Purdue. My justification for Purdue, I know they have burned people historically. Remember what UVA did after that humiliating getting bounced as the one seed by a 16. They came back and won it the next year. I'm not calling Purdue to win it, but I think they will be motivated in the right way for it. So it's Arkansas to win it, Kansas, Creighton, Purdue. Tell me where I'm crazy. I don't think you're crazy. I mean, I think Arkansas certainly looked good in their exhibition versus Purdue. I'm not sure. They don't have a lot of guys who've really experienced winning. And to me, that will be something that they have to learn throughout the year. If that gets them peaking in March with Musk, I mean, they've proven they can do it in this tournament. They haven't gone, you know, obviously to a Final Four yet under Musk, but they've been consistent in the dance. And I will say the one team that I really think will be right in that conversation when it's all said and done is Tennessee. Uh, The way they looked against Michigan State, last weekend was unbelievable and it matched everything that was coming out of their camp all fall i mean when you talk to people they could not say enough good things about dolphin connect they could not say enough good things about how their offense would be improved playing with only one big instead of two spacing the floor having more offensive talent uh and and so the fact that that first test looked as good as it did pretty good sign for the ball 
Uh, a team I have in my uh, final four uh, that Brett does not is Arizona. I I was been very high on on Arizona this off season. What what do you think about the Wildcats this year? I mean, it's hard to to really quibble with the regular season success under Tommy yeah. Lloyd. I mean, they've been as good as anyone, and I think they have the talent to be right back there. They've got immense size once again. I think Kashad Johnson coming in from San Diego State going to have a big year at the power forward position. I know everyone's going to talk about Caleb Love, but I actually think the more important guy in their backcourt is, is Kylan Boswell, who's a sophomore taking the reins for Kirk Krista. I think at times last year, you know, and really throughout his tenure, Krista just tried to do too much. And if, if, if Boswell can be the steady hand that, that Krista wasn't, this team's going to be a really, really tough out, especially if Love returns to form from that sophomore year at Carolina. Well, you just mentioned Kirk Chrissa, and, and we got the news uh, a couple days ago that he'll be suspended for the first nine games of the season. What do you make uh, of West Virginia right now? We know the, the Bob Huggins situation. We haven't talked to you since that happened in the offseason, but since then, Trey Mitchell hit the transfer portal. Uh, Joe, uh, uh, Jose Perez is no longer with the team. He ended up transferring. Um, Raekwon Battle, uh, his immediate eligibility was denied by the NCAA, and now this Kirk Chrissa, um suspension what do you make of this West Virginia team going into the season? I mean, this has been an all-time soap opera offseason. Sure I mean, has. everything that could have possibly happened has. Uh, even just recently, they played, their, uh, played, a, played a scrimmage against George Mason and a projected starter in a Coca Cook trans oh, Georgetown right. collapsed on the court. And he's, you know, you obviously don't know for sure, but anytime someone collapses on the court, the recovery time is pretty substantial. So, I mean, they're, they're running out of bodies quickly. It, it's a tough situation for interim head coach Josh Eiler because I think they did a nice job keeping the wheels on the tracks after the initial Huggins departure. But I, I just I just have a hard time seeing how they compete to be a tournament team in that loaded league when they're coming in tonight with potentially just eight or nine guys. All right, what's your goal for the year in attended games in person? So last year was 74, so I guess the state oh, is going to be oh, Kevin, I, I love that. That is such That's a good incredible. number. It, so I got to pop it, right? I got to try for 75. I don't know if I'll get yeah. there. I had the benefit last year of the PK85 tournament. Thanking mm, yeah. a ton there. No help. Um, but I will do my best and see if I can top it this year. And where do you where are you going next week in in person live? The the, the big ones are uh, the Tennessee Wisconsin game in Madison, which should be an awesome one on Friday night, and, and then also there's a doubleheader in Chicago that's uh, FAU versus Loyola Chicago uh, and Mississippi State versus Arizona State, run by Barstool Sports, should be a pretty fun night. So those are the two big ones opening week, and then we'll we'll launch off into Champions Classic and go from there. And I would imagine with your Big Ten Chicago roots, you've been to Madison to games? I have, yes. I, the last time I was there was the day they won the Big Ten title in 2022. So that should be, should be a lot of fun. I would take a football or basketball game there. I, I, I've, I've never been to the city of Madison. I would love to go to either place, to a basketball game or to a football game at, 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 camp, at camp Randall. Uh, if you could be, I, I love to ask this question, Priestess. If you could be embedded, if somebody gave you the John Feinstein season on the brink, full coverage behind the scenes, you could be at one place all year from Monday through one shiny moment. Where would it be? Well, West Virginia would be the ideal soap opera, but I think I missed all the all the deep, juicy details already. I so, look, I, I think the, the the story is Purdue, right? If Purdue can accomplish this story again. I mean, obviously the story has been written once with Virginia, but 
the amount of pressure that they face, I think, is almost beyond what Virginia dealt with, where nothing Purdue can do in the regular season means anything to anyone. Purdue can go undefeated throughout the regular season, and no one will care because there will be the same people asking the question, what happens when they play a team with small guards in March, right? And until they get over that hump, nothing matters. So I think it's just a fascinating fascinating pressure point for, for this group and how they deal with it. I, I would love to, I'll be around a bunch to West Lafayette. It's only a couple hour drive. So got plenty of Purdue games on the docket, but uh, if I could be there every day, I certainly would. Well, Kevin, I have 74 written down. So we'll be able to, during the season, kind of keep tabs on how you're going uh, in terms of what you did last year in games attended, where you stand and, and see if, if you can pass that 74 this year. But, uh, definitely fun to catch up with you before the season officially starts on Monday. And, and next week when we talk to you again, we'll have, we'll uh, be firing coaches. Uh, yeah. A couple today, of days Kevin. of basketball <laughs> under the belt. Yeah, overreaction season is the best. Appreciate you guys, and looking forward to the year. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. That is so kind. Kevin Sweeney with us from CBB Central and what he's done and accomplished to Sports Illustrated and where where he's going. I mean, in, in well, I mentioned John Feinstein. In 20 oh, yeah. years, it's going to be a, a college basketball reporting career uh, like his for Kevin uh, in the future. We're going to get Bryant's yeah, college basketball Final Four. After I tell you about Jason's Deli, and all the great locations for Jason's Deli, like Ridgeway Road, where some say I live, and I'm glad to live there. Poplar Highland, Olive Branch, and Cordova. Check them out online as well at jasonsdeli.com. That location always open for any meal, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and the catering for any group, whether it's five or 5,000, they have you covered. Plenty of organic food to choose from. It's also good whether you're dining in, getting it to go, or deliver. Wholesome food forever. It's a family thing. With all the locations and all the variety, and I mentioned the, I mentioned the catering, low delivery fees, same day and last minute orders welcomed. If you're frenzied, if you fit frenzied, I've created a new word. If you're frenzied and frantic and you feel like you haven't got it covered, they cover it for you. That's when they love to step in, tell you to just step aside. Got you covered with all the great food like the Mesa chicken salad, the Big Chef salad, my favorite, the taco salad, and soup season. It's here. It's always soup season at Jason's Deli, but it's that time of year for me, whether it's a cup or bowl, chicken noodle, fire-roasted tortilla, tomato basil, the chili, beanless, Texas-style, all the meats, all the breads, all the cheeses, all the spreads, all the great food that's good and good for you where it's all about choice. And in every location, that great salad bar, over 30 items to choose from, just from that salad bar for you to prepare it however you would like. Locations at Ridgeway Road, Poplar and Highland, Olive Branch, and Cordova. Wherever you are in our area right now, you're close to one of those. And over 200 Memphis area associates, they're working so hard. Check them out online as well at jasonsdeli.com. All right, Brian, your college basketball Final Four. We know brackets are going to get us on some of these. Yes, absolutely. Do you have yours still in front of you? I I do. Arkansas to win it. Okay. Arkansas to win it. KU, Creighton, and Purdue. If I had to go a final game, I'll go Razorbacks in Kansas. And it'll be the 30-year anniversary of the Razorbacks winning their basketball national championship, 94 the the only one this year, twenty twenty four. That's thirty. I like it. So ours are are very different. Um, so I'm going to go Kansas, Arizona, Villanova. Ku to win it. Uh, no, no, no. These are just my final okay. four. All right. Uh, so Kansas, Arizona, Villanova, and the University of Tennessee. That is my final four 
for this year. I was so happy if when you I picked Tennessee to win it. I'm not kidding you. I, you're going to have to find somewhere else. I'm to not, live. Brett. I could show you. Um, I, I and I, I mentioned Arizona to to Kevin just to say when I say somewhere else to live, I mean outside of West Tennessee. Oh yes, I understand. <laughs> um, and you're not wrong. Um, I placed a, a little bit of change uh, on Arizona. Uh, on Arizona yeah, yeah. to win that's the whole good, thing. That's great. So pick. I'm going to stick with Arizona. Um, I don't love it as much as I did when I when I might have made some bets, but I'm going to pick Arizona to win it. But uh, yeah, so Kansas, Arizona, Villanova, and Tennessee for me. Last year, the Conference of Champions, Bill Walton's Conference, the Pac-12. Yeah. Last time they won it as a conference. Arizona in 1997. Wow. So, uh, so, I mean, tell me a better time to do it. You know, it seems That's like this one. is better than any. So, uh, it will be a fun season. I am so ready for this season to start uh, only a couple of days away. But before, I am too. Uh, me, I, Memphis and Jackson State. Uh, what I say what was the game I said earlier this week Fairfield and Boston College. That didn't scream day one of college basketball. The, Don't know what does. The Oregon, Oregon, Georgia, on, Georgia game uh, on TBS. I think it's a weird three channel. o'clock True Monday TV afternoon or something like a crazy channel. One of those channels you only flip on during March and March Madness. But before we get to a break, I got to tell you about Hewlett and Dunn Boot and Jean on the Stork Square in Collierville since 1961. Hewlett and Dunn is with us every afternoon at five o'clock. And Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens, and now with his wife Laura, they own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories, and a cap for any team and any season. Western wear, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, even rubber boots. Boots for every single occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. And from head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable. Ariette, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women, and they've got the clothing, whether it be pants, jeans, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duckhead collection that you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street on the square in Carryville or to their website, HewlettDunn.com. They've also got you covered with accessories, hats, sunglasses, boot care products, and every area team snapback or cool hat you can think of, whether it be for the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Old Miss, or the Razorbacks. They've got you covering with basketball right around the corner. If you didn't haven't made it out there yet for football season, go get you a new hat for your team before the basketball season starts. And if you're traveling, the holidays coming up, their travel bag selection is top notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please head out to Carryville. Give them a visit and say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Carryville at Hewlett and Dunn. Well, we need to get to a break. We're late for a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to sports time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Brian Jacobs. Welcome back in to Sports Times. We've got about 30 minutes left in today's show, and we've got to get to what's trending. And, Brett, uh, obviously a lot uh, of games tonight. We've got, uh, you know, college football, some action. We've got uh, NBA, MLB, NHL. we got a little bit of everything tonight. But we talked about it earlier, the Grizzlies in action tonight against the Utah Jazz, and we talked about it a lot earlier. But what does it matter? Let's say the Grizzlies lose tonight. 
and they fall to 0-5. We already talked earlier this week about freakout factor for you doesn't rise any with a loss tonight against the Jazz. No. Does it? No. What if it is a just completely lopsided loss? They run the Grizzlies off the court. Does that change anything? Uh, no, and I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be belligerent and and just dug in. I tell you where it does change. You let it be tonight, and both of those in mm, Portland. Yeah. Then my freakout factor that right now is is not even registering. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's not it's not even hit hitting the the yeah. thermometer. It, it it goes to ten if yeah. you're oh seven mm-hmm. and blasted in Salt Lake City and twice in Portland. No, I, and I mean I. I think that is perfectly reasonable, and I don't think that freakout level should rise. And I think, you know, if you go to, to, to social media tonight, if that were to happen tonight, and I think the Grizzlies have a really good chance tonight against the Jazz, but if that were to happen tonight, sure, social media would, would be going crazy. But I think what we've been saying, there's a lot of injuries with this team, a lot of a lot of guys out, and obviously a guy like Steven Adams, you're not going to get back this season, so you can forget about talking about him, and, and you can stop all of that. But there are still a lot of injuries with this team, and so I think you got to give it time. Um, but you're right. If they drop all three of these games and, and aren't very competitive in a couple of them, then yeah, I think that I think it rises a little bit when they come back home. I mean, there's a you always can get under that warm blanket of you know it's 81 to go. There's yeah. 80 to go, 75 to go, 65 to go, yeah, 50. Also, what I told you, our, our friend Neil McCready said last week, these games count just as much as That's late right. March. That's right. I mean, if, if you're doing this, if, if you're having the 0 and 4 start, and we're talking about the potential, mm-hmm. we don't think it's going to happen, but the poten- potential of 0-7. If you're doing that, say, March 15th mm. through the 31st, well, we know what the reaction would be. Well, there goes yeah. the playoffs. There goes yeah. seed. Yeah. There, I mean, you know, it's no need even to have, have them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you blink, you're going to miss us. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, so it's – I mean, they need to get back in kind of that groove, and they need to get some winning done. I think everyone can agree with that. Um, and so hopefully it comes tonight against uh, against the Jazz, and and tomorrow we'll be talking about a Grizzlies win. But we we know Stephen Adams is not returning yeah, he's this not year. Coming we, back. we we know at, that Ja Morant will after twenty five mm-hmm. games. I, I like you started the show with, and it it's, it was a really good take on a week ago. We thought the ankle with Santi, Santi Aldama was. Yeah. Yeah, we were really surprised he was knocked out opening night. Yeah, no, I'm, we I'm look up nervous. a week later. Yeah, yeah, and we, I, and and we always look up a week later. We do. on the injury news, and sometimes two weeks later, and sometimes six months later uh-huh. with this. And and I, I know everybody ha- likes to play the the rope a dope cat and mouse coy game with injuries, but I, I would hate for that to be what finally yeah. destroys the bond. With this fan base and this front office, yeah, and I think it's fragile. Sure. Well, and and uh, you know, I think it was DeMichael Cole that was actually the first one I saw that kind of made that click in my mind of ooh, I it's, I'm getting a little nervous because I think it was maybe not this injury report, maybe it was the injury report before this against the Mavs where he was still on it, and DeMichael Cole doing the great. Uh, you know, journalistic job that he does. Sure does. Didn't point to any directions or anything. Just kind of quote tweeted or, or something. Yeah, just kind of quote tweeted the the injury report and said Santi Aldama still on the you know on the the out list. Um, but you know was listed originally listed as day to day a week ago or something like that. That's and, a lot of days. And I said, oh boy. And when he when he came on 
uh, earlier this week on Monday, I asked him about it and he said, yeah, I mean, we're now on day six, day seven. We're now a week out at this point of Santi being on that day-to-day with an ankle. And yeah, I mean, it's certainly something to keep an eye on. Grizzlies not back at home at FedEx Forum until a week from tonight when they place when, when they play Miami. Yeah. It's Miami next Wednesday, Utah next Friday night. Yeah. So if it's zero and nine, yeah, then then I, I, it's almost like with Ryan Silverfield, I can't hold him back. No, no, not at all, not at all. And I don't think it will get to that point. Um, but if it, if it does, then yeah, I mean, it's a completely different conversation. Than the, than the one we're having right now. And you, you mentioned the fun night in sports. Yeah. 13 NBA games tonight. A lot of NBA that, that, teams that's a That's a lot yeah. of league pass, isn't yeah. it? No, a, a lot, and a lot to keep an eye on. Uh, do you have league pass? Oh, of course, Brett, yeah. of course I have league pass. Uh, I'm sorry I offended you. Absolutely, yeah, a little offensive there. Uh, no, but league pass is great, and it's going to be a, a night like tonight where uh, where I'm really going to need it. Um, speaking of league pass and, and teams to watch, uh, I saw this earlier about an hour ago. Um, here comes here comes my direct TV bill that's right. on a forklift. Uh-huh, that's right, yes. Um, but Jalen Duran is going to be out tonight uh, with an ankle injury against the Trailblazers. I know he's out tonight, but just the start of the season Jalen Duran has had. Um, I know, you know, obviously maybe not talked a, a ton about because he's now in, in Detroit, but has been an incredible start to the season. Yeah, and they, and they go early. That's the first game of the yeah. night. Pistons at home against the Trailblazers, Bucks, Raptors. After that, but uh, and since sensational schedule tonight, Grizzlies toward the back end of the night at eight o'clock, mm-hmm. and then two nine o'clock games. With the last one being the battle for L.A. Does yeah. Harden doesn't play tonight? Does he? no Harden doesn't play? Um, I, I haven't seen anything that said he would. So I, I think he's still out today. Um, and I guess maybe next game, I think. Yeah, I saw an injury report earlier today that has him out with conditioning. Um, so, guess he's not conditioned yet. Well. Maybe next game. He's got the old man basketball act down anyway. <laughs> he does have that down. But, no, you're, you're right. It will be a fun night of basketball. Brett, I'm curious if you saw this earlier um, that the uh, Florida State Athletic Director, Michael Alford, said earlier today, uh, obviously Florida State, we've known for a while, they're not yeah. happy with the current state of the ACC. They want out of the conference. Um, first chance they get, they're going to be darting. Um, but they did say today that uh, independence is not a, uh, a true option in football. How many people thought that that was an option? I don't know many that did. They once... They once were one of the kings of yeah. independence, and, it go, and it's a sore subject here. I know, I know so many people, mm-hmm. and, and should, for the, the life and the testimony that the late great coach Bobby Bowden lived. Yeah. But Bobby Bowden, he, he vetoed the Metro of basketball. <laughs> and if the, and if Tiger football could have just gotten that. Yeah. If, say 81, 82, Metro started in 77, 78 is basketball. Let's say, by 81, 82, you have that. You have Florida State, Georgia Tech, Memphis, Virginia Tech, Louisville. Mm. Uh, I mean, there you go. Mm. I mean, you, you, you're, you're, you're off and, and uh, Tulane would have, would have oh, been yeah. in there. Uh, it, it would have been good for them. Uh, West Virginia, uh, I mean, uh. But no, West Virginia was never in the Metro. Were they not? No, no, Virginia Tech was. Oh yes, yes. West you're Virginia right. was independent at yes. one time in football, and there was talk of them joining the Metro. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, that's where I, I get confused. I've yeah. Brett, I've heard about the he's, Metro he's my done. entire life. I know you have. I get I, confused. 
I know you have you you your dad is is as is as fond probably more so oh, yeah. than I am, and I'm plenty fond about it. It was it was it was fun to watch. One one of my favorite things about about the Metro, the Metro game of the week, the Saturday afternoon game, <laughs> announcers Ron Jacober from KMOX in St. Louis and analyst was the big O, Oscar Robertson really? doing the games and 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 you know, we just didn't get a lot of college basketball coverage. But I, I, I was I was lucky where where I lived. I could get I could get that, and also in Memphis we got the SEC package. John Ferguson doing games with Joe Dean. Wow! And 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 then could go to friend's house in in Far City and watch Arkansas games on the Little Rock Southwest Conference package. So it it wasn't a lot of college. It nothing like now. You know Monday. On what, what I, well, not free TV, cause we all pay exorbitant right. for it, but on, on TV that we all can get. Linear for, television. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say Monday, it'll be at least 15 college basketball games. Oh, Brett. I mean, if you want to, if you want to talk for a second, I could get you an exact number. Please, please um, do. I have you, it all written down. You, you, you dig up that number and, and you know, we, we, we just didn't have, have that and would have to get into conference time. We had nothing at this time of year. Maybe get a little bootleg package for the Great Alaskan Shootout or <laughs> something, uh, you know, something like that. But but d- did not have anything approaching, you know, the, the the vast coverage now, which is so good for the consumer and for the fan oh, yeah. to be able to enjoy. And then then when you get into a Saturday, you know, in February. I mean, it's, it's close to twenty five games mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm already going through this a, a ton on on television. I'm already at about nine or ten, and I'm I'm not far through it. But the problem with the way they have Monday set up, and I hate the way they have Monday set up. I mean, I don't have enough time. We three hours would not be enough time for me to talk about how upset I am with how Monday's schedule is. Um, but uh, we got a lot of games going off at six o'clock. Uh, a ton of games, like. I'm talking like thirty or forty games going off at six. We five. really do. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's everybody. It, it's crowded Monday. We're, we're going. We're going to keep up with it all. And Monday night, the Tigers. Another opening night for Memphis Tigers basketball. Yeah. That says it all, right there. Yeah, and it should be. Uh, it should be a fun one uh, against Jackson State. I know uh, Jackson State is. Uh, you know, supposed to be. Preseason number one in the SWAC, so it should be a good game. I did look um, over on Ken Palm, uh, who does his own rankings, um, very uh, analytically based rankings. He has that game, Brett, kind of like you said earlier, he has Memphis winning by 19 points. Me and Ken Palm, I uh, swear that. I didn't know it. You and Ken Palm? Oh, no, I know I, for a fact you didn't know it. Um, uh, but Because it's behind a paywall, and I know for a fact if you're not paying for some of the things <laughs> you don't pay for, you're certainly not paying for, uh, for Ken Palm. You, you know how tight uh, I am. I believe that's behind a paywall. I could be wrong. Uh, but I Whether think it is written, I swear I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I, I know for a fact you didn't. Um, but no, and then we'll get the, the second exhibition game for the Tigers tomorrow night against Lemoyne Owen, so another um, opportunity for fans to get an early look at this team before uh, before they kick it off on Monday and then got to turn right around in, in a tough game uh, on Friday against Missouri. A really tough game against yeah. a great coach, Dennis Gates. Really uh, great coach, just, yeah. I mean, he's he's at the top of the 
top of the game. Yeah, no, un- unbelievable the job he's done. Um, and and, and that, that's without Coach Hardaway, too. Yeah, that's right. But those first three games without Coach Hardaway, including that big one. But I do trust Rick Stansberry in that, in that yes, role. He's, yes, he's, he's a really good basketball man. I will say, though, for anybody curious, uh, Kim Palm does have that, a loss for the Tigers. But it looks like that's just home home court. Against Mizzou. Uh, against Mizzou. He has that 77-76. to 76. So only a one-point loss, that could go either we're, way. We're going to go game by game next Wednesday. Everybody's taking the Tigers over Jackson State, so yes. we're not fudging with the audience at all. But we're going to go game by game, and I'll tell you now, I got that as a loss next Friday. Yeah, no, not I mean, it's a, it's, it's a tough one on the road against a Missouri team that was just so good last hope year. Hope I'm wrong. And I hope I am too. But that Missouri team was a shock to everybody last year um, when they started off so hot. So that should be a really fun game um, a week from Friday. But let's go ahead, get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, uh, kind of breaking news for what I learned today. Just coming out, uh, since we've been to break, uh, legendary basketball coach Bobby Knight has passed away um, at the age of 83 years old. That news literally um, coming out in the the last three or so well, minutes. I was just talking um, about season on the brink. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, we've talked a lot of basketball today. A lot very of very complicated figure. Today. Very, very complicated. Great coach. Two uh, national championships. Incredible, incredible. A gold medal. And a lot of controversy around him, but uh, a winner. Sure, a ton, but a, a winner and a legend uh, of the game of basketball, a legend in college basketball, um, and, and really, really sad to hear that news. Two or three national championships. Would you look that up real quick? I will look that up. I, I know you. 76, I know 81, and 87, three. Yep, three of them. And, yeah, and, and gold medal and, in 84 in Los Angeles. Yep, and five final fours. Well, a, a, a towering figure yeah. in sport, and it, it, it cut a lot of different ways with him, but he was a winner. Uh, that, that, that's some news. I, what, what I learned today before that really sad news, Grizzlies really need a win, any really old kind of win, tonight against a, a pretty average Utah team, a two-point underdog in Salt Lake City. I was texting with Rob Fisher today, and that's probably the least favorite NBA spot for people to go because not a lot to do in Salt Lake City 
And I told him, I said, can you imagine how sleepy it was oh, in man. 1980? <laughs> really sleepy. Oh, wow, that's I mean, hilarious. It'd be like going to Amory. Yeah. <laughs> You're right about that. Oh, what I could have done without, Brett, I saw this earlier. Um, I haven't been able to read the entire story, but I did see the headline over at The Athletic. Uh, the San Diego Padres took out a loan for about $50 million in September to address short-term cash flow issues huh? and meet their obligations. Obligations including player payroll, Brett. So uh, we knew that Whoa. they were building a, a team that was going to cost a lot of money. Looks like um, maybe they didn't do all the math for it. That is incredible. That's that why pro- Bobby Melvin got it. Uh-huh. That is incredible that a professional team had to take out a loan for $50 million. See, I, I thought at coming in, in, during and coming out of COVID we would have yes. this, more of this, and then we, we, we kind of didn't. I thought, okay. Unbelievable. You know, I, it really is. Could have gone without uh, evidence really starting to mount against Michigan yeah. and how Harbaugh didn't know or couldn't have known is starting to strain credulity. Mm-hmm. When, when, when it's going well at these, these football places, these coaches are CEOs. They know everything. They got it all down to oh, second. Yeah. When it goes bad, man, I just work here. That's right. You know the, right. the you know the, the 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 night janitorial crew knows more uh-huh. than I know what's going on. That that's always the the great thing about any time controversy in a program. The coach first one say, "Well, I did not know anything about this at all." It does not matter who it was. It does not matter what school it is. That's always the response you get from the what, head coach. What me? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know a thing, and yeah. uh, I I rarely believe that line from a head coach. Where are you beaming tonight? Phoenix for what I think will be a celebration. 51 years in the making for the Rangers in the Dallas area for 51 years. Uh, I, I told you, we went to a game. First year they were in Arlington in 72, miserably hot. Mm. Uh, they were close in 2011 in the World Series. I would say their Mount Rushmore would probably be Pudge, Beltre, Nolan Ryan, and who else did I have back in May when we did that? Oh, I don't remember. George W. Bush once played owner of the Rangers before yep. he had the role of a lifetime playing president. Yeah, you're right about that. I'm going to beam to two places tonight, Brett. Uh, the first place I'm going to beam, 6.30 tonight on ESPNU. 1-7 Kent State versus 1-7 Akron. Somebody's got to win, you Brett. Animal. Oh, somebody's <laughs> got to win. And then right when that game is over, beam me out to Utah for the late tip between the Grizzlies and the Jazz. Uh, at 8 p.m. It's tonight. To watch, it's a lot to watch, but hopefully I can see uh, somebody win in Kent State in Akron and then see a Grizzlies win later tonight. Seeger will be the MVP if they wrap it up tonight. 100%. And good, good pitching matchup of Aldi versus Gallon. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch. All of it will be. Yeah, it's going to be a, a ton of fun. We got Maction tonight, Ball State versus Bowling Green uh, at 6 here in a couple minutes. 6.30, Kent State in Akron, like I said. A ton of NBA games and then also that World Series game. Nathan Avaldi, who's 4-0 and with a 3.52 ERA this postseason versus Zach Gallen, who much of this season was a front runner for the Cy Young. 2-2, two and two, 5.27 this postseason for him. So it should be a lot of fun tonight. Enjoy your evening. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.